on air. Any bank wants to see a thriving and growing economy. So for me, this type of initiative, that's exactly what it's doing. It's not depend, it's not waiting for the economy to just do what the economy is doing. It's actually looking at ways on how we can jumpstart an underrepresented part of the economy, which is good business. This is On Air by ANZ Institutional. We bring you the latest market-leading analysis and thought leadership from more than 30 global markets, giving you the information you and your business needs to thrive. Uh, welcome, everyone, to our, our special discussion for International Women's Day. With us today, we have uh, Doreen Sharnaz, who's the founder and CEO of Impact Investment Exchange. Hello, Doreen. Hi, Shane. Thank you for having me here. Well, we've also got Tammy Medard, who's the Managing Director of Institutional Australia and P&G at ANZ. Good afternoon, Tammy. Hi, Shane. We're chatting today for International Women's Day, but in the context of the, the fantastic and very successful uh, Fifth Women's Livelihood Bond, um, known as the Orange Bond. Um, Doreen, maybe if I could start with you, can you tell us a bit about the, the recent Orange Bond and its purpose and its success? Sure, sure. So before I jump into it, I have to actually sort of uh, tell the listeners that this is actually uh, two women um, professionals who are friends, Tammy and I, um, who are coming together to have this discussion. So what you'll really hear is, honestly, um, two friends talking because it was Tammy who I met now God, what, 10 years ago, probably yeah. at a conference in, in Laos. And, um, and it was, we just, just hit it off. And I remember talking to her about, you know, um, at that point, IX, so of course, we've been around for 14 years. And, um, and we were, you know, always very ambitious in terms of making finance do good. And um, at that point, of course, we're still very small. And I remember sharing with her that, you know what, I want to create you know, we are about connecting Backstreet to Wall Street, and I want to create a bond which will connect the women literally, literally in the last mile, you know, to the to the financial markets. Um, and it was amazing. You know, I mean, she was like, yes, absolutely. And ANZ will be part of it. You know, like she didn't even, <laughs> even it was not even a heartbeat. I mean, she just was there. And the reason I say that is because I think, um, we often don't, um, you know, we have these discussions and we don't celebrate the friendship and the camaraderie and the village that it takes to make these things happen. And, uh, and especially the special bond among women um, and women professionals. So, so thank you, Tammy. Um, no, I don't always get a chance to thank a friend for being such a good friend. Um, so just very, very quickly. So with IX, in, in order to understand Women's Livelihood Bond 5, which is our fifth bond, uh, just to quickly tell you about where uh, what IX does. So we actually are um, uh, basically an organization. You know, we are we are like a financial institution where our big focus really is to do good with finance. So it's not saying others are doing bad, but we really are going in the last mile. So which means that we mobilize capital at the same time we bring our ecosystem together. We make sure that everyone's educated. We are measuring the impact. And very importantly, um, really creating products and platforms which allows for um, women, underserved community and the climate um, to be served and, uh, and through the growth of SMEs. So the Women's Livelihood Bond, it came together because we do have a very successful um, crowdfunding platform called Impact Partners. And we saw that the enterprises kept on coming back to us, and especially the ones um, 
you know, who were working with women and are, are women led. So, so that's what sort of made us think that, you know what, maybe we need to kind of uh, really, um, you know, take on the financial markets, what they're used to, which is really create a sophisticated structured product to create a product that will really bring the back street to Wall Street. So, um, so the first bond was really bringing together, um, uh, it was really three entities. And again, you know, um, it was eight and a half million. And um, we created the structure, which, um, which had to go through a lot in terms of to go to the market. And ANZ was an amazing partner, I have to say amazing partner in the whole process. Um, and now today, we just obviously closed the one, which is the fifth one at 50 million. So we right now we have um, close to $130 million just worth of our bonds. And of course, our other capital is close to about 300 million and all focused on serving the women in the last mile and then also serving obviously the climate. And what's unique about the Women's Livelihood Bond 5 um, is the fact that again, you know, it increased over five times the size, but very, very importantly, um, two things. One is um, we closed it in a time last year, as you know, the financial markets are going through a bit of rough water. Um, so we closed it at a time when the, literally there were no bond issues for almost a year. And I remember uh, pretty much, you know, everyone told us you won't be able to close this, but we, again, we never take no for an answer. Um, and the ESG bond at that point, you know, fell by almost 53%. But we pushed on it, and especially because um, what we are doing was so important, and we showed the result that over this five bonds, we never had a single failure. So there's not been a single default. I mean, zero default. Um, and all the coupon payments have been paid. The first one, actually, the principal has been paid off. It's all done. So given the success of our bonds, we not only said, yes, we closed a bond during the financial markets, which was very volatile, but we also actually even were more ambitious. We said, we're going to create this whole new asset class called Orange Bond. And that is basically what the Women's Livelihood Bond 5 was, which is the first orange bond. And again, NZ is one of our partners, along with various governments who came together and civil society in terms of um, creating the Orange Bond Initiative. So Orange Bond basically is where women and climate come together and being able to, to issue financial products, which will enable to have the women in the last mile have a voice and also be allocating um, capital where again, with the companies who are appreciating women and climate. So to date, the OBI, we have um, over 70,000 signatures who signed the pledge that they want this to happen. So. So this is now not just an aspiration, it's happening uh, from over 48 countries. So, so again, super excited. Um, this Orange Bond Initiative has started because now this just won't be IX who's doing the Women's Livelihood Bond and ANZ, but this is something that is now a global movement. Um, and Tammy, maybe from, a, from an ANZ perspective, how significant um, is it for the bank to assist in this kind of deal in terms of both the support for the Orange Bond, but also the, the series is ongoing? I think I want to go back to when uh, Doreen mentioned how we first met um, when I was in Laos. And I think we have to remember that was like 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, in fact, Doreen, you might remember this, when you were first pitching the concept and you were calling it social investment or social impact investment. 
Yes, yes. So yeah. even that was contentious. So this yes. was, you know, now in 2023, this type of investment or this type of thinking about how do you bring, you know, the individual, the consumer, you know, the person on the street, how do you connect them with parts of society that need that help? That demand is really strong. And we're seeing it throughout all sectors um, of our client space, whether it's um, discretionary retailers that now have to think about the social impact of their supply chain all the way through agri-sector. I mean, we're talking about it left, right, and center these days. But 10 years ago, it, it was never discussed. It was really sustainability was defined by climate change really only, and we were only seeing green bonds. So Doreen is very humble about the work that she and um, IIX have delivered, but she's really a visionary. And sorry, I know we are, we are friends, although we haven't seen each other in person in a long time, thanks to COVID, but hopefully that will change. But I really admire the push and the passion that she's had to get us to this point, just getting over that first hurdle and now the success. And that fact that Doreen shared, they're not a single default. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of women impacted by this micro loans that would have otherwise not had access to this financing and not a single default. And I think for me, um, and I know the question was on the broader ANZ and I, and I will get to that, but it was so important. The timing was everything because having spent most of my career in OECD banking, I hadn't really appreciated the impact that investing in women and women business owners has on the community and on economic growth. And you really see it in emerging markets in particular. I mean, there have been studies that have shown whether it's an OECD country or an emerging market, if you invest in women in their careers, women entrepreneurs and enterprises, you see that money and that success, not just grow the economy, but the money goes back into the community, into schools, into healthcare, into the children, into that next generation. And having, you know, been working and living in Laos, you really see the need to address that under-addressed, under-supported part of the market. And so, you know, what this means for ANZ, any bank wants to see a thriving and growing economy. So for me, this type of initiative, that's exactly what it's doing. It's not depend, it's not waiting for the economy to just do what the economy is doing. It's actually looking at ways on how we can jumpstart an underrepresented part of the economy, which is good business. Not to mention our shareholders are asking for more of this. They want to see that the company that they invest in, and particularly the financial institution that they're investing in, is thinking about how they're deploying their capital, is thinking about the social impact of their capital. And at ANZ, we have a purpose uh, to see um, communities thrive. So this is just one example and such an important one that we need to be playing a role. Doreen, you, you spoke about the history of the series before. What was it like this time putting together the fifth in the series compared to the, the experience over the journey? Right. Um, you know, it, I think in some ways, again, you have to, it's interesting. I think we have to really think of the macro situation this time much more as we thought of the micro as well. So um, you have to remember, this is um, Women's Livelihood Bond 4, which was the year before when we did that. Um, and that was, um, you know, about 30 million plus. That we did during COVID. So it was, um, it really was quite something. So we were kind of used to, okay, when a world is shut down and you have to kind of um, move forward and what that means. 
Now, one of the big things is, I think, with the WLB5, I think um, what we also realized that we had a lot of learning from COVID. You know, we also learned the fact that, um, you know, the women's jobs, you know, they were most of the women and during COVID, a lot of them lost their jobs. They were you know, we're 1.8 times more vulnerable, you know, to the pandemic. So for us, when we did WLB5, we really kept that in mind that, you know, while we're doing all this, while our investors are getting a financial return and all of that, um, you know, our client also is the woman in the last mile. So we had to be very cognizant of it and also cognizant of how the women are not victims, but they're solution providers. And we feel very strongly about that, right? So we actually um, had to keep that as a part of the equation. And I think what was easier, I would say, with Women's Livelihood on Five is, is really the support and that we um, get from, you know, the various governments. So this time, you know, we have our, we have very, very, very strong partnership with, um, the Australian government, the DFAT, um, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and then also with um, U.S. Uh, Development Finance Corporation. And um, both of them play a big role um, in terms of, obviously, everything, in a lot of things that we do, a lot of the innovation, they're very supportive of it, especially DFAT, I have to say. It's unbelievable. Um, but this time also, the, the Swedish government came in um, to guarantee the loan. So basically, what we had is we had guarantees from various governments um, who are obviously seeing this as something that is, um, they're using their own public money and then they know that they're gonna get the money back. So it's that belief and, you know, is for us was, was very reassuring. Um, but then also we have this whole component of um, what we call in the financial markets, you know, so subordinate part of the debt. And th that again, it was the US government came in and the Korean government. Uh, was a part of it. So I think so the governments are actually also seeing how they can play a role in the financial market in de-risking products, which frankly the private sector wants, right? So so it's a it's a it's a very defined shift that's happening. You know, it's no longer that um that same old narrative of how thinking, you know, we are going to be um bit of a savior in terms of thinking what they need in these countries and go and tell them, no, you actually, you know, you need a bridge. No, we don't need a bridge. We need a school. No, you need a bridge, you know? So it's, it's a little bit uh, moving away from that and basically sort of really uh, playing that role of, uh, uh, of de-risking and, and supporting the, the financial product. So that was actually a big thing as well. Um, I do think that other positive was the fact that we had um, almost, I would say, 75% um, of the investors were the same investors who basically came back. So that's a huge, um, you know, I would say, um, pat on our back because these are the same investors. Like, they didn't even blink. You know, they're like, yes, of course we're investing, you know. Um, and I, I think that, um, and especially um, we have one of the largest institutional investors in the world um, called Naveen. Um, so Naveen is um, actually owned by TIA Cref, which is the teacher's pension fund in the US. So it's like several trillion dollar uh, fund. And they're actually um, the largest investor in the Women's Livelihood Bond. And they call the Women's Livelihood Bond their gold standard. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's just so wonderful to kind of see that, think about it. These are teachers um, whose pension is basically um, 
you know, they're giving a loan. This is not a handout, you know, which is going to the last mile and they're getting paid off and they're living off that of that pension, right? So it's a wonderful circle of um, all of us having basically a, a seat around the table, right? And and so, so I do think all of those things were absolutely amazing. Um, the macro challenge was the fact that the market was was down and we were a little scared, to be very honest. We didn't, obviously we were like, nope, surging ahead. Um, the fact that, you know, there was no bond issue that happened in, in 12 months. So when we went out in the market, so uh, so that was a little scary, but we did it. Doreen, I think that comment that you made about the teacher's pension fund in the US, it's a really important one. And that's something that particularly the last, I would say four to five years is an increase in investors really looking for investments that align to their values. Well, first, defining what their their values or their purposes is something that's become, you know beyond just returns mm-hmm. is something that certainly we're seeing here in Australia and, and we've been seeing it come out of Europe and some other markets for quite some time. But that's probably something that I've seen the biggest change in the last five years is that you know investors and clients are coming to us looking to see, well, what do you have to invest um, in my backyard? So, you know, some of our institutional clients are saying, well, we want to invest in ones that uh, will help the communities in which our factories are based. Mm -hmm. So how can you help us almost create a circular economy of investing in the economy that we're operating in to help the community rise? And so that's something that I'm seeing really different. So I'm not necessarily surprised that the, the teacher's pension um, was looking at this on helping. I mean, because statistically, I think uh, the majority of teachers I, are working now. Have you also noticed that that change in your time as well? Absolutely. Um, and I think uh, we are definitely seeing that. But I would say, though, you know, it's very um, also the interesting trend is now, um, as we all know, we have a lot more wealth in the world now. Right. And a lot of wealth is sitting in Asia. Right. But I think what we do see is the fact that um, where the wealth where, you know, there's still tremendous amount of wealth in the um, Asian markets, in the institutional investment, but also in the family offices. And what um, they like to do is they like to take cue from the West. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think this is also very, very interesting where. Um, Asian investors tend to be more risk averse. So we do see that over the five years, what sadly, I have to say this very, very, very sadly, and being an Asian, I'm saying this, uh, what we haven't seen is an increase in Asian investors. So we definitely have seen, obviously, the increase, um, you know, from the um, OECD countries, you know, the US and then um, Australia and Europe, New Zealand, we actually... Believe it or not, well, we have largest number of women investors uh, from from New Zealand. Um, but I think you know it is important. I think for us to sort of see how can we, what can we do? Say even in, in for Australia, um, you know, which has done sort of climate financing, what over one point four billion, you know, over the last five years. Well, how can we make that into more into an orange? and be able to encourage more investments in Australia, which perhaps even diaspora, uh, you know, who are there, there are a lot of Asians who are, you know, obviously Australians of Asian origin, 
um, how can we actually encourage that and have more capital be opening up, you know, in this part of the world? Um, because it's uh, it's almost ironic, you know, that we are um, doing all this in Asia and Africa now, but uh, we still have just a fraction, you know, mm -hmm. of, of the investment is from here. That was on air by ANZ Institutional. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to hear more. This podcast is intended as thought leadership material. It is not published with the intention of providing any direct or indirect recommendations or to influence any person to make a decision in relation to any financial product or class of financial products. It is general in nature and does not take account of the circumstances of any individual or class of individuals. For further information, please refer to the full disclaimer at institutional.anz.com.